Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Guys, it's the Huddle Up podcast presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Michaela Parker and all of our Super Chat superstars, along with here and there Blue Wire podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and this is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He's finishing up his shopping list right now as we speak. Zach <laughs> Kelberman. Zach, Michaela has just uh, top rope, like, not Hulk Hogan top rope, like a few rings stacked on top. Then that, I don't know. I'm not much of a wrestler person, but the vernacular escapes me here because Michaela's generosity out of the gates before we even went live has rendered me gob smacked. Michaela, I love you so much. It's so great to see you. Thank you. What more can I say? Thank you. The world heavyweight champion and still. Michaela Parker, you are the best. I there, there is literally nothing I could say, Michaela, that would reflect the generosity that you showed with what I'm looking at right now. You know, we we met you in person. We thanked you. You're a rock star. We we so appreciate everything you do. From the bottom of this increasingly growing heart, Michaela, I appreciate it. Chad appreciates it. Scott appreciates it. The whole brand appreciates it. We thank you so much. Seriously. It is very touching, and I know there's people watching this right now going, get your content, dude. What's going on in Bronco land? We're going to get to it. Trust. But, Michaela, love you. Appreciate you. I'm going to reach out to you Thank after you. the show. Thank you. She says, hey, fam, had a great day. Found out I'm getting a raise and a cool bonus. And I want to share the joy with MHH family. Thank you all for being the best Bronco family in the world. Sounds like you deserved that, Michaela. Right. You Call me real, there. man. You took what was yours. You got the raise and you got the bonus. Living large, living high on the hog. So cool. Congrats to you and uh, appreciate you so much. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that good things happen to good people. And Michaela, karma came back and that's why you got that new job. You got that raise. You got what you deserve. And uh, we're so blessed that you want to spread that joy with us. And uh, we are happy for you regardless, even if you would have just commented with nothing attached to it. But to have that and to see that, it's uh, it's overwhelming. Thank you so much. And congratulations. We wanted to grab it right at the very top just because it was just so it just it's so awesome. So let's grab let's dive into some content. Really, here's some interesting topics. And then, Michaela, we want to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you a little bit later here. Um, Zach, we've heard from Justin Outen, the offensive coordinator. Very briefly on the subject of Drew Locke. First, we actually heard from Clint Kubiak, the new quarterbacks coach, on the subject of Drew Locke. Both basically said, Hey, he's got a strong arm and he's an athlete. You know, looking forward to working with him. Out and kind of threw in a we'll see how he fits within the scheme kind of refrain. But Chris Sims, yes, he of the former Denver Bronco uh, fame, in case you guys don't remember this, I mean, I know most of you have tried to forget 2009 and the Josh McDaniels era but chris sims was a bronco in 09 and he sat down right after hackett stood up at the podium on tuesday at the combine and and held court they roped him over to the nbc sports desk and uh, chris sims asked him about the quarterback situation the broncos have not the one that they maybe hope to get or whatever i mean those subjects were touched on but he is the first journalist Zach I've seen within earshot of Nathaniel Hackett that had the cashews to actually directly ask him about both Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke here's what he said this is uh, Hackett and then I want to get your thoughts quote I have so much respect for Teddy going against him when I was at Syracuse when he was over there at Louisville the things that he did there watching Drew Drew's been in so many different systems you know how that's a hard thing 
He's talking to a former quarterback. You know how that's a hard thing. It can actually be detrimental. So I think it's a clean slate for everyone. And here's where he hedges, Zach. We want to do what's best for Denver, and we'll move forward in that way. Closed quote. Is there anything – there's one thing I'm holding on to here that I think is new, but what uh, What say you? What's your reaction here? Well, he's pointing out the obvious by saying young quarterback changing system is detrimental to his growth. Yeah, no crap. That's what we've been saying for two years now since the pandemic and Pat Shermer and Rich Scangarello. It was never conducive to Drew Locke's growth as a starting quarterback. But I'm taking a lot of what they say at surface level, at face value, because George Payton came out and said that uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a very appealing option. They're going to get the best quarterback available for Denver, whether it's anyone, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, a rookie, is Drew, Teddy. So this is all coach speak, GM speak, leveraging PR and what you say on March 1st before the combine test takes place, before the, the market starts, the signing period starts. I think Hackett realizes that Drew got a raw deal for the most part from the last coaching staff, but none of those comments so far have led me to believe that he's 100% in on Drew being the starting quarterback, nor even preparing and planning for that scenario. If it happens, it happens, but he's fair. He's objective. That's all I could hope for. That's all I could ask for with Hackett going from Vic Fangio, who was so subjective when it came to quarterbacks. He was so biased when it came to Locke and Teddy. At least Hackett's calling it down the middle. He realizes that Drew has upside. He has um, potential. He has ceiling left to climb. But he's one of many options the Broncos are considering right now. So, I don't know. And Chase, listen, yes, probably from now until – training camp you're probably going to hear drew Locke's name brought up on the podcast at least once a podcast so buckle in get uh get ready and and kind of buy in it is what it is it's part of the tapestry that we are here you know uh gazing at as a collective drew Locke's the only bronco quarterback under contract the brainstorm jumping in i'm gonna riff off something you said there zach uh, but first the brainstorm jumping in early as well with a very generous super chat thank you so much my friend congrats just went to the store, bought my girl her tonight. engagement ring. I'm sure is what it meant to say, right? Excited for the future <laughs> for me and the Broncos. You know, some dudes out there probably wish they could buy their wives an engagement brain. I don't know. That's just me making a really bad joke. That's, you know, I don't know. I suck at that. But congrats to you, dude. If uh, we think the syntax here is correct in terms of our interpretation and that you're getting married, that's dope. Congrats. I think someone's getting brain because of the the engagement. So we appreciate you, uh, brainstorm. We're gonna keep it PG thirteen, but we appreciate you and uh, congratulations. I'm just, I love the good news tonight, Chad. You know, you, you, I talked off camera to you and Scott when I'm dealing with my phone right now and this and that. And I like the positive vibes that the, uh, the the viewers are are giving to us. So congratulations. So cool. So cool. Um, you know, here's the thing about what Nathaniel Hackett said on Drew Locke is. It's kind of interesting that for the first time going on record addressing the very subject of Drew Locke, he kind of brings up, I mean, you can interpret it how you want the sentence that it can be having so many systems and can be detrimental, however you want. But I interpret that to mean that his brain has already gone to Locke has been squandered. Locke has been kind of wasted. Now, I think there's a lot of truth to that, Zach. But the question is, has he been damaged beyond repair does Hackett believe Locke is even a guy worth salvaging not worth but is there any there there left to salvage or has he been ruined by what he just said that detrimental process of being a young Q going through what he went through yeah that's the you know the, the David Carr effect on young quarterbacks when it, it's like having a, a baby an infant Chad and you have to capitalize on that developmental period you have to you, you have to be cognizant of what they need to do to grow because if you fall behind they're going to be stunted for a long time same thing with quarterbacks you have to get it right in the first couple of years especially with a quarterback as raw as Locke was coming out of college to fire his coordinator after one season, saddle him in a pandemic year with Pat Shermer then for the head coach to take such a pointed stance against him and then surround him 
the offensive line in 2020. The reason he hurt his shoulders is because his right tackle whiffed. So those things can lead to the damage of a quarterback. And sometimes that damage is irreparable. I hope it's not the case with Drew. I, I like to see more. I want to see what he can do if given the opportunity. But what Hackett's acknowledging there, I think subtly, is maybe Pat and Vic did more damage than I can repair, at least in this coming season. All right, let's shift gears for a second here uh, and say what's up to the bus driver himself, Bradley Dunton. It's good to see you, my friend. We got a chance to uh, visit with Bradley at the meet and greet just this past fall. You're a great cat. He says, Priest, you guys tell us often it's about coaching, coaching, coaching. I'm so excited to see what Hackett and his crew of coaches can do with this team. May George Payton give them the weapons they need from your lips to the years of the football gods, my friend. Let's hope that holds true. But yes, it's an exciting time. We're turning the page. Uh, Travis Weber, Big T in the house. Oh, yo, we've got a Hall of Fame Facebook profile pic here from Big T. He's rocking this very hat you see me rocking, and he's rocking the Football Priest t-shirt. Dude, you got to send us that picture. We'll put that up on Instagram. Let's go. Dope. It says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Scott, and Broncos country. Sporting my MHH Priest shirt. Looking good too, big dog. Let me tell you. Oh man, is it 25? Chris has been with us now so long that I'm I'm losing count of how long he's been with us. And so naturally, I'm also Zach losing count a little bit how long he has served in the great United States Air Force. Is it 25, 26? I think it's 26. Chris, correct me. Correct me. But either way, it's great to see you. Thanks for the support, my friend. And we want to get you back on the show. So let me know when uh, your schedule on a Wednesday in the next couple months allows for that. My friend, hope you've been well. I think quarter century applies to Chris. That's what we're going to say from now on. So a quarter century serving, and uh, we definitely appreciate you, Chris. You are a legend in your own right. And uh, it's good to see you around these parts. Vegas hardcore. Let's go. T twice also in the house. What's up, Travis evening priests and Broncos country right back at you, my dog. Great to see you. Great to see you. I'm just kind of perusing the chat here. Um, Michael Ronquillo diving in right out of the gates. Good evening, Chad and Zach on the Mile High Huddle. Thanks, Chad. I got my Steve Atwater blue jersey today. I sent Chad and Zach on Twitter the picture. Okay, cool. Thanks again. Now, listen, they're by a long shot mile, you guys. Michael absolutely dominated the February uh, Facebook contest. Like, who knows? There's always a chance, right? But it would have been so swayed toward Michael. And because also everything he did for us, I just said, you know what? Michael's out of the raffle. He's just getting a jersey. So we sent him a jersey. And so Michael's tickets are going to be removed from the raffle tomorrow. He just automatically got the jersey to thank him, but also to, I think, kind of level the playing field for y'all because Michael was on a whole different level, Zach, in the month of February. So very stoked that you got your jersey, my friend. And I haven't seen that. uh, I haven't seen the picture yet, but I'll check it out after the stream. Yeah, I just hit you with the retweet, Michael, and uh, we appreciate all your support and uh, your your nice words you have after every podcast saying, you know, great show tonight, guys. And it's just the support like that day in and day out for all the shows, not just Huddle Up, but every show on the network. And you are a rock star. Thank you so much. And we hope you like the jersey. Much love. Travis Tarbox, T twice saying, I hope Peyton and company can nail this draft. You know, interestingly, um, the Broncos were kind of stoked today, Zach, because um oh where is the link i had it set up they won the uh best draft they were let me let me read this headline for you guys real quick here uh no i don't want to subscribe to your automatic notifications broncos win inside the league's fifth annual best draft award for 2021 i'm just going to quote something real quick zach as the broncos continue this is by uh, ben swanson of the team website as the Broncos continue their prep for the 0-2-2 NFL draft and combine, the team's front office took home a new accolade for its success in 2021. After polling NFL scouts, administrators inside the league awarded the Broncos the 2021 Best Draft Award after winning 31% of the vote. Denver beat out the Dolphins, Chiefs, Chargers, Steelers, and Patriots to earn the honor the 21 draft class included several key contributors, beginning with first-rounder Patrick Sertan, who uh, recorded four picks and 14 pass breakups on the way to a PFWA all-rookie team. And then, of course, Javante Williams, Quinn Miners, Baron Browning, all playing key starting roles. And then later on, of course, 
big action from Caden Stearns and Jonathan Cooper. But Zach, what what uh, what make you of this? The George Payton getting some big props from his fellow. This isn't just like um, you know fans or media voting. This is they pulled the actual front office guys in the league, and this was this was the result. I haven't said it for a while. I'm going to break it out again. Hashtag let George cook. I mean, seriously, give him some time. Let him instill his culture. Let him get a couple draft classes, free agent classes under his belt. And I promise you guys, starting next season, 2022, the upcoming season, they are going to be a competitive playoff team because you're restocking the cupboard with young talent you see right there. Those are all three starters and three future stars. I Sertan has all pro upside. I think Javante has pro bowl upside. I think Miners has long-term starting upside. You talked about Caden Stearns. You didn't even mention Jamar Johnson. I mean, there's so many players in this, in this class, last year's class that are going to be key contributors for years to come. And you sprinkle on that, the Ronald Darby's, you know, the free agent acquisitions, he knows how to build a team. And I love, I mean, not maybe a hundred percent of the moves he's made, but like 98% of what George Payton has done. I've been a big fan of and give him this month, give him next month. And the Broncos are going to be in business, man. They're going to be cooking with oil. Amen. Uh, blank nine sixteen on Twitch saying there's nothing to worry about folks. We get Aaron Rodgers next year, every year. Shake my head. Yeah. What's the latest thing you've heard about that? Cause Zach, I was a little bit, um, unplugged today because i had a little dentist that i had to go to that kind of took me away for a couple hours i don't think we've heard anything about aaron um except that gutekunst the gm he's kind of a uh i don't know about him he said with a straight face we've gotten no trade calls on aaron Rodgers." okay bro like yeah i don't believe that at all there's gm speaking there's just flat out lying and i think that's what gutekunst was doing there but they also i think it was lafleur today at the combine who said Rodgers had a big influence in the rehiring of Tom Clements, the quarterback's coach. I don't know how many more breadcrumbs need to be laid that show Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. I know the dream dying is a hard pill to swallow, but that's what it's shaping up to be right now. And according to Pete Carroll in Seattle, they're not trading Russell Wilson. So it's plan C now for the Broncos. Who's that plan C? We shall find out. Yes, we shall. Could it be... And by the way, what's going on, Rodney? Good to see you, my friend. Uh, love seeing the great news for the best fans in the league, he says, and blessed with good vibes and congrats to the Duchess Michaela. Indeed, we echo that. Um, and real quick, Jeremy here saying too, Black Knight on Twitch. How's it going? Just got done with my visit to the Red Pill Church, and now I can see what's the talk of the town in Broncos HQ. It's great to have you with us, big dog. All right. What about Plan C, Zach, being Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett today at the podium at the Combine said he had a great meeting with the Broncos. We learned about his relationship, existing, pre-existing relationship with, with Peyton Manning, and that he believes he's a phenomenal fit for the West Coast offense. And for what it's worth, most draft Knicks out there view Kenny Pickett as the most pro-ready of this crop. So Malik might have the ceiling, Malik Willis from uh, Liberty. Kenny Pickett, he have the small hands, and that gets tested tomorrow. So hopefully he, you know, when they test those hands, whoop, let me go like this. They go from here. They measure from pinky to uh, thumb like that. So he's been doing some stretching exercise. I mean, there's only so much you can do, I'd imagine. But nevertheless, your thoughts on Kenny Pickett, who, again, had some really uh, nice things to say about the Broncos, of course. Of course, yeah. And I think you hit on it where you said he has – um, it, one of, if not the highest floor among quarter quarterbacks in this class, but the lowest ceiling. And I equate it to he's the Mac Jones and Malik Willis is the Trey Lance. And in that scenario, I'm taking Trey Lance all day, every day. I want the upside, especially if you have a veteran quarterback like Locke under contract already as a failsafe, or you bring in someone on the open market for a few million bucks. I want the long-term guy. I want the toolsy guy. I want the dual threat guy. Malik Willis is my guy. And I was asked on Twitter today, what if the Broncos took Pickett at nine? And I had the Steve Carell gift from the office in my head. Oh, God, please, no. That's I, I don't want that at all. They want to move down to the mid to end of the first round and take a shot on a quarterback like Pickett? Fine. Top 10 pick on a guy with super small hands whose upside is Mac Jones? No way. 
if they burn that pick on a quarterback, go for the gusto. Go for the ceiling, not the floor. Go for the Malik Willis types. That's who I'm, uh, or Desmond Ritter in the second round. Anyone with tangible upside that you can tap into, it might take a year, it might take a year and a half, whatever, but the patience is a virtue in this case. And the Broncos should have learned that with Drew Locke and that whole experiment. You, you have to give it some time, but if you give it that time, good things can and will happen. Andrew Baker, what's good? <clears throat> Still rocking his Pookie Williams, <clears throat> pardon me, jersey in his profile pic with with our love of Peyton and the new coaching staff, how long do they have to produce to keep their jobs? And yes, Zach, I know it's winning, LOL, but how much and by what context? So to remove the obvious, he's saying. I, you know, I know, go win, and you know, that's how you keep your job. But do you have a specific answer for the legendary Andrew Baker? Well, I don't think Peyton's job is in danger. You can talk about the new ownership coming aboard probably this summer or so, but um, second year, I think uh, he's well-respected in league circles, and he's done a really good job so far in Denver. If Even if they go like 5-12, and 12, I don't think Peyton's getting fired. And certainly, he can go 0-17, Hackett, and he's not getting fired. This is honeymoon year. So success and uh, what you would qualify as a successful season, that's all subjective. That's everyone's opinion. I would say a playoff berth would be the, the, the bar for success. Winning season doesn't do much for me, but you got to get back to the playoffs, man. You got to get in the tournament to have a shot of winning the tournament. Look at the Bengals, for example. So if they go 10 and 7, they would make the wild card. That's a huge improvement on where they've been for the last six seasons. So successful to me is making the playoffs. DeAngelis, what's good? Great to see you, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, you know, Zach, I liked how kind of uh, feisty. Carson Strong, the Nevada quarterback, was today when he said, quote, this QB class gets a lot of crap it doesn't deserve. And uh, I like that. I like that. We'll see how everybody tests out, see how everyone's medicals look. And he's a guy whose medicals are apropos in particular because of his uh, grievous knee injury that he came back from very early, very early. Um was there anything, and by the way, Malik Willis seems like a really cool cat. He seems very, I don't know, I like his personality. Not there in the room this time, but Zach, I like his personality. He's very intriguing, winning me over even more. But if you were looking for someone to really come in here and upgrade uh, plausible day one production, day one accountability, day one responsibility over Drew Locke, I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure there is a quarterback more qualified to do that in this class than Kenny Pickett. Now you take that swing and maybe he can step in right away and keep you a plausible threat. But two years from now, Malik Willis becomes the next, you know, Deshaun Watson before the drama, but you see what I'm saying? So the, you know, as a front office draft artist, you're really weighing these pros and cons. I don't envy them, but I, Really like Malik, and I actually liked hearing from Kenny Pickett today, too. You know, the, the good thing is for the Broncos, like we just explained, they don't have anyone, head coach or otherwise, coaching for their jobs this season. So they're not going to base their decisions at quarterback on that aspect like Vic Fangio did going with Teddy last year. So that would lead me to believe they're banking on long-term. That's my hope anyway. I'm just talking from my heart right now. I want the long-term guy. And if you have to wait a year, sacrifice a year, whatever, bridge for a year until that guy is ready, like the Niners did with Jimmy Garoppolo and with Trey Lance, so be it then. I don't see the upside there with Kenny Pickett. If you want to go 8-9 and nine in 2022, Kenny Pickett's your man. But if you want to go 11-6 and six and 12-5 and five in 23, 24, and so on, I think Malik Willis is the answer. Travis, appreciate you, buddy. I'd be good with Jameis Winston in a second-day QB to learn from him. Something tells me we're going to trade Drew. Could be. And these are the type of things that are said to keep a, a certain player that's under contract and his value uh, where it's still uh, viable as a potential trade chip here. Leroy, just waking up from 16 hours last night. His question, Zach, is, guys, if Malik Willis is Denver's guy, do you pick him at nine? because he might not be there later on in the first round. Yeah, I mean, if you're convinced, Leroy, that Malik's the guy, that Malik's the one bona fide quarterback in this class and that he's right for your scheme, he's right for Hackett, 
then you t- you make the pick if that's what you believe, because there is a really good chance he will not be there. Uh, late first, probably almost guaranteed, won't be there early second. Yeah, at this rate, there's no way he's going to be there on day two. I think he his floor is going to be like 20 in the draft in the first round. So if they want him, they should take him. But to take him at nine, top 10 pick on a raw quarterback, you have to be not 99.9% convinced. You have to be a 1,000% convinced that Malik Willis is the answer at quarterback. And there's, there's no doubt about it. If Peyton is that assured, the scouts are that assured, Hackett's that assured, go for it. Swing for the fences. But you have to be fully committed to make that sort of investment with that raw of a player. Faded Wolf, who we've seen in, in the Super Chats before, but it's been a minute. Appreciate you. Welcome back. Hey, guys, love the show. Thank you. Everyone hit that like button. Really excited for this year and happy with the coaching picks. Give Locke a shot, he says. MHH for life and Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, thank you, bro. Right now we're sitting on a measly 21 likes with just on YouTube alone. We got several hundred people in the room. On YouTube alone, we're pushing 300. We got 21 likes. That's the love you got for your freaking football priests who are grinding every single night for y'all. Let's go. Faded Wolf, appreciate you, bro. Uh, those thumbs. Nash V, or it could be Nash 5. I mean, if we're going to get Roman about this. Good evening, Broncos country. Who would you rather see running behind Javante Williams? Would you prefer Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone, or a Rook? Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, bro. Personally, I would rather see the Broncos hold on to um, you know, Boone and kind of promote him to RB2 and let those two guys go wreck shop and then, you know, either draft someone to be three or sign someone. I don't care. A lot of college free agent options that will come after the draft as well that could potentially qualify for that. But you know what? If you can get Melvin Gordon back here for three or four million APY, I'd be all about that, Zach, because he's, you know, he's tailor-made for the wide zone scheme and he's a very um, versatile back. Scores a lot of touchdowns. You know, he wasn't able to get to a thousand in either of his two seasons in Denver, but just shy, barely both seasons. But the dude gets to double digit tutties. That's just what he does. He's got a nose for that. You can figure out how to get him here without paying through the nose and somehow teach him to hold on to the football in critical moments. He is a uh, very, very good running back. See, to me, you made the case why they shouldn't spend money on Melvin Gordon because he can't reach a thousand yards. He fumbles. Uh, is that. Again, is that worth taking those snaps away from Javante, who you traded up for in the second round? And he's the truth, man. So I'm all about letting Javante be the guy. And Mike Boone is signed, and Mike Boone looked pretty good last year. I have no problem taking a rookie in the later rounds to supplement that position. I want to point out one thing before we get to this amazing showing of generosity from Dale. Did you hear the stat, Chad? One player since 1950 with 700-plus touches and zero career fumbles. Can you guess who that is? The Colorado kid. Philip Lindsay, baby. That's right. So all I'll say about that. Still slept on. Still slept on. He's, uh, I fear he's going to be one of these, you know, um, barely hanging on one year mercenary guys. I fear that that is what is his, in in his immediate future. I'd love to see Philip come back to Denver. I'd love to see Peyton say, all right, hey, you know, you thought you were maybe worth more than the NFL thought you were, you know, best you could do was a little bit more than what you were going to get on the, um, what was, what was the tender, uh, right of first refusal. What was it anyway? The 3.2 Houston, million or something like that, or well, 2.2 2 million, the Houston 2.2, the Houston deal was a, a significant raise for one year over what he would have got, but wasn't like blowing the doors down raise. And so maybe George says, Hey, come on back. And, compliment Pookie and compliment Mike Boone. I don't know. I don't know what the NFL, how it views Philip Lindsay, to be honest with you, and why he's not viewed with a little more um, value by NFL circles because of what you just mentioned and the fact that he's an explosive, twitchy, fiery playmaker. Like, what's not to like? I His diminutive size, I mean, he had one year in Denver, where he was kind of banged up. It was his last year in Denver, his third year. Um, but for his size, Zach, he's found a way to stay on the field by and large, you know, but your thoughts, and then we'll grab this legend. 
I was told that he literally couldn't catch passes, but I saw that with my own eyes when he played for Houston and Miami. But that's kind of the problem is that his landing spots haven't been great. Is he ever going to be a a, a perennial all-pro? No. Is he ever going to be like a Derrick Henry that just like takes games over and is like the league's best running back? No. But he landed in Houston. He was stuck on a horrible, horrible team behind Mark Ingram and David Johnson. He goes to Miami and he's stuck behind um, Miles Gaskin and – Savin, Muhammad, Ahmed, whatever his name was. he It was just a two bad situations for Lindsey to be in. He needs to be on a team like New England, I think, as like a Rex Burkhead type, like a change of pace scat back. I think he'd thrive there. I, I wanted to point that out because I mentioned 98% of the moves that Peyton's made I've approved of. Among the 2% is the Philip Lindsey thing. I just, I don't know. I don't know why it bothers me so much, but you know, still it's does. weird. He uh, landed with Miami in week 11. 12 totes, 13 totes the next uh, week, two totes the week following, and then 11 totes um, in the last one. So he was averaging, I don't know, just shy of double-digit carries and 42 yards in one game, 36 in another. So not really able to find much uh, success behind that Dolphins O-line for what it's worth. All right, let's grab Dale who is also just a legendary Mount Rushmore figure in the MHH lore. We've met this man face-to-face. It would be really cool, dude. I'm going to be in your neck of the woods in three weeks. I mean, I know it's not easy, but I'm going to be on uh, Oahu. So if you can, if, if we can hook up, dude, Waikiki, have a drink or two, kick back, that would be so rad. But Dale, love you, dude. Thank you so much for that very generous uh, show of support and give our best to the misses. He says, Hackett picking up young coaches that are hungry and teaching them the buy-in on specific curriculum is borderline genius. In the end, he'll be judged by wins and losses, but I have a great feeling about this coach. Find his franchise QB and let's rock Broncos for life. Yeah, dude, I got a good feeling too. And I like Zach that when he's at the podium, uh, he commands the room, not in the sense that every coach that stands at a podium commands the room in terms of everyone's attention, because when a guy's in front of the microphone, everyone's going to be looking at that guy. But his energy and the way he looks everybody in the eye and the way he cracks jokes and he smiles and you can see it in his eyes like he's just a um, he's just a charismatic, energetic cat. And he talked about it uh, out of the gates when he took the job in Denver. He's like he made a comment in passing. I think it was to Chris Sims because they go back. So they're like buddies. Right. Who was interviewing him and the one that asked him about Drew. And uh, he said, I don't think they knew what kind of what they were really getting themselves into in terms of like the energy, the shot of energy that it would be me coming into the building, because that's just what I you know, it's what he is. He's just this. And it's all genuine. It's not manufactured. It's not forced. That's who he is. And, yeah, he's thinking outside the box with the coach to coach coaches. Very interesting to see where this might lead. But Zach, as he notates here at the very end, it might all be for naught if you don't get the cue. Yeah, but even if they don't get, you know, a necessary slam dunk franchise quarterback, I think Hackett's going to make a lot of chicken salad with the Broncos roster. I have really high hopes for Hackett. Um, And I think he kind of like, in his pressers, he breaks the fourth wall between coaches and media. I mean, he acknowledged like um, how important technology is. And I want to talk about John Vieira in one second, the new instructional designer, whatever his title is. Yep, yep. He, he goes, you know, it's important because look at all you guys filming, filming me with your phones right now. I mean, he just, he acknowledges things that are worth acknowledging. I, I know it's a, it's a, it's a silly point, but I think it's worth noting after the Vic Fangio era where he had this high opinion of himself and he treated himself almost like a King talking to peasants. The thing about Vieira, I wasn't, I don't know what to think about this hire, but Peyton said he's brilliant and he's the smartest person. I think he said he's the smartest person he's ever interacted with. And um, Hackett actually pitched Peyton on Vieira in in Hackett's interview for the Broncos job. And Peyton was blown away by that. Having a guy who can translate, you know, things to younger players and connect with players and make technology part of the learning process. He was asked about drawing plays on whiteboards, uh, Hackett. And he goes, well, we have iPads now. Just that, the youthful factor, and Peyton used the word that I've been using with Hackett, progressive. And I just love that because under Fangio, they were so regressive in almost every single way. Breath of fresh air, yeah, he's like a a Starbucks espresso shot. Every time you see him, you're just taking a shot of Nathaniel Hackett. So I love uh, his, his pressers, and I hope that translates over to the field.
Love you, D-Dub. You the man. Uh, here's JJ jumping in with a generous super. Thank you, my friend. Hey, guys, things are getting back to normal. New cabin after a fire. Lost 50 years of Bronco merch. I was wearing my Drew Lock jersey, so it survived. So I say Drew Lock <laughs> survives. There you have it. Wow. Drew Lock's your QB1. That's a, uh, I don't know, that could be one of those uh, omens. You know what I'm saying? Um, perhaps we're all living in the universe according to JJ. Could be. And if that's the case, then it spells something good for Drew Locke. I mean, we'll see. You know, very tongue in cheek what I'm saying right now. But dude, sorry to hear about your cabin. That's a that's a major bummer, my friend. Um, but it sounds like you got the new cabin, so that's great. I'm sorry you lost all your merch and all the hassle. That's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, that's um those things are kind of I hate to say it, I'm not trying to like poo-poo on your collection, but those things are replaceable. You still have your life. You know, you still, you, it could have been worse with a cabin fire. So um, we, we hope that you're getting back to normal in the new cabin. If you have one, uh, you do have one. I hope it's uh, back to where the old cabin was and just start collecting again. You know, go to huddleuppod.com and uh, start your collection there. Robot of Doom says, uh, guess who's five followers away from 300 here on Twitch? Guess what? I love the Broncos. Are you 300? Fo- are you five away from 300? Mark. Anyway, that's dope, dude. The God King, Mark Langley. He graced us with his presence last week. It was all Zach and I could do to not be completely overwhelmed to be in his presence. And here he is. It's the next best thing. Mark Langley with a freaking just generous super chat. Love you, Mark. Love you, Dale. Love you, Michaela. All of our super chat superstars. Seriously keeping the content coming, keeping the lights on. Thank you so much, bro. He says, what's up, my guys? Just got doing, <laughs> just got done doing my 12-day cleanse and, and uh, meditation, and it works since I look like A-Rod to some people. Anyways, take care, and as always, go Broncos, hashtag huddle up pod, MHH football priest. Is this true, Scott? Would you say? Scott's saying, nah, dude, you don't look like Aaron Rodgers. No. Nah. No. Nah. We'll, we'll just take no, his word for it, though. It. This part of him, like this. I could kind of see it. The chin's very similar. Uh, but you need to grow like a half-hearted mullet, and then we'll be able to tell you for sure. We'll take and, your word for it that the cleanse worked. That's... Yeah, no no proof, nece- <laughs> no evidence necessary. Trust. Hope you feel good. Hope Big you're T saying, uh, I'm concerned about Pickett's fumble issues. That has been brought up in other pods. Well, yeah, I mean, the small hands thing. Look. A lot of times, like in Drew Locke's case, he was a small hands guy relative to what the NFL, what's the, what's the number? Uh, Nine and a half. Is that the floor, Scott? Isn't it? Or is it nine the floor? Either way, Drew barely kind of checked in where it's passable for NFL scouts to where they don't dock it as a, you know, a con on a scouting report. And you don't usually like for him, you never really saw it come out in the wash in terms of like loosey goosey with the ball in college or anything in Pickett's case, we know he's got small hands and Zach, he's also fumbled a lot. Like that's a real thing. So the whole, um, you know, and Eric told me Eric trickle senior draft analyst at mile high huddle that, um, both George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett are hand size truthers, meaning that that's a big, you know, uh, key to their evaluation, if it's not on par. So if a guy has small hands, that's definitely going to cost him in the eyes of the Broncos. What quarterback was it that was knocked for small hands? Was it Joe Burrow? I think it was. There was a quarterback. I, I don't know that. Like he's a he's a good quarterback now that was like coming out and he was knocked for his Jared small hands. He's still pretty bad, so I, I wouldn't use him as the example. Yeah, I mean, dude, he went to a Super Bowl, Pro Bowls. Okay. Uh, um, I don't know. I, I'm not like, I, I understand the metric behind it. I understand the importance behind hand size, but more importantly, what he can produce on the field, his upside, you know, what his potential in the NFL is. He's not that dual threat. He's not that toolsy guy. He's high floor. He's Mac Jones. He's Andy Dalton. I don't want Mac Jones, Andy Dalton. I want a dynamic dual threat quarterback that can make plays on the ground through the air, et cetera, et cetera. So Drew Locke and Joe Burrow have the exact same hand size, nine inches for what it's worth. I was right. Thank you, right. Diamond. Um, what was that super uh, – Kobe. What's up, Kobe? That's a newer name. 
welcome. Appreciate you. Connect on Twitter. I just don't see this year's quarterbacks having the it factor. Take that up with Carson Strong, dude. Let me see you say that to Carson Strong's face, okay? Just kidding. Let the staff get behind Locke and give him a hundo, 100%. If he fails, and then good draft position for the guy in 2023. I don't hate it. You guys know I don't hate the idea of of, uh, going with Drew. But I still want to explore every option while it's the offseason to – to upgrade that just because look, I have eyeballs. I know Drew hasn't been good enough. I mean, look at the the results, right? Hello. But they're still there there for me to where I want to see a dynamic coaching staff, what they might be able to do with a, a ball of clay like Drew still, unless, you know, like Hackett might have been implying that, you know, the ship sailed like he's been destroyed by what he's been through for three years. I don't know. But uh next year's class has some hype already. Uh, But I'm inclined to perhaps, Zach, agree with Carson Strong a little bit in that I think too much is getting made about, oh, this is a this is a down year for quarterbacks. There are some good cues in this class. And like I'll say this. If I'm wrong on this, we'll randomly give away. Three T-shirts, Okay, Three quarterbacks minimum will get drafted in the first round this year. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're they're all worthy of a first round pick but whoop if you get drafted in the first round i guess you're that tells you what you're worth right that tells but it'll be three so will the broncos be one of those guys we'll see you know for all the hype everyone still talks about the 2021 class how great it was well fields wasn't so great trey lance barely played davis mills was the best quarterback in in that whole draft class so i wouldn't Go with one assumption, oh, this class is a Hall of Fame, this class is a bust. If they find the right quarterback for them, that's it's that's a success. I'm okay with these scenarios, starting Drew Locke, taking a quarterback at in the first round, taking a quarterback in the second round, signing a veteran insurance policy. I just want to see explosion at the position. I don't want to see checkdowns. I don't want to see the Simeons, the floors. You know, I, I want to see long passes. I want to see touchdowns. I want to see activity under center. And whether that's Malik Willis, whether that's Drew Locke, whether that's Desmond Ritter, I don't care as long as the Broncos find that guy. I'm sure I'm not alone either. Hey guys, just so you know, here we are in a new month, in the month of March. We are on the march to a goal of, once again, 250,000 stars on Facebook. When we reach it, we're going to do the raffle. And I know we were supposed to do the raffle tonight, Guys, we're going to do it tomorrow just because I ended up running late because of this dentist thing I had to do. So forgive me. We'll do the raffle for February tomorrow night. Um, But we're at 4%. So we've had a pretty solid start to the month of March. Just FYI. Appreciate each and every one of you supporting over there on Facebook. You know who you are. Much love. We'll shout out specific names at the end of tonight's show. Ed Keating. What is going on, big dog? He says, I always either wanted Locke or a rookie. I want to develop and have a long-term answer. How do you rank these quarterbacks in this year's class? I wouldn't mind Willis or Pickett. Thanks, guys. I would say for me, Zach, and by the way, thank you, bro. Appreciate you. I would say uh, for me it goes Willis, Pickett, Ritter, Strong, Howell. That would be my that would be my top top of the class ranking. I don't know. And that might still it might still be in flux a little bit by the time we get to the draft. I might have a little bit different opinion, but based on my analysis and what I've seen up to this point, what I've heard as well, that's how I'd rank it. Yeah, you can tack on Matt Corral there as well, but you're talking. Yeah, um, you're right. I forgot I forgot about Corral. I put him I put him um, before Ritter. So uh, so let me do that one more time. Thank you, um, Willis, Pickett, Corral, Ritter. Those would be the top four. I mean, yeah, I can't really debate that too much. I really, I just see something in Desmond Ritter, though. I feel like if he goes in the second round, you're getting maybe the next like Dak Prescott. I know Dak was a fourth round pick, but um, I just think there's some uh, long term viability there. But no doubt, my QB one is Malik Willis. And uh, if you're going for pro ready or NFL ready, then Pickett's your guy. But I'll trust whatever George Payton wants to do. I'll defer to him. And Mark, you are the man. Thank you so much. By the way, JJ, who lost so much of his swag in the fire. Hey, bro, why don't you send us a uh, email, milehighhuddle at gmail, 
and let us send you a little piece of MHH slash Broncos merch to kind of help you rebuild the, uh, the, the store, as it were. All right, we just need your shipping address and T-shirt size, and we'll send you a little care package, okay? Mark, again, bro, yo. Thank you, Thank big you. dog. How's Penny doing? How's the fam? Let us know or text. It's all good. Says, what's up, my guys? Chad, I don't have enough hair for a mullet. Dude, I believe you have. I mean, dudes don't go bald here. Dudes go bald up here like this. This is where dudes go bald. I've never seen a cat lose his hair here, right? And this is where the mullet floweth from. It's like the mane on a Bronco. I want to see it, Mark. I want to see it. You can do it. I believe in you. We love you too, Mark. And uh, it's again, like with Michaela, the amount of generosity that you show, there's no words that's going to do it justice. So just know that no matter how you think you look, how you perceive yourself, mullet, no mullet, big nose, small nose, we, we definitely appreciate you so much. You are the goat of all goats. By the way, I wouldn't say big nose. I would say strong patrician nose. That's what I'd say. All right. That's how I would describe it. All right, Mark, you're the man, bro. Let, uh, let's dive back into the chat. Where are we at? We're at 45 minutes. We got to get out of here pretty soon. Not quite yet, but we're closing in. Um, Ed Keating again. Thank you, buddy. Yes. We'll get you back on the show. Um, why don't you DM me on Facebook and let me know a Wednesday in April that'll work for you and we'll get her booked. Okay. T twice thoughts on us signing the honey badger in free agency. I would like it, dude. For, for a strong guy and a kind of jack of all that can just run around and be a force. I would like it, but then you got to get, you kind of have to confront the, is that the smartest allocation of resources question being that, you know, I guess you do need a starter. I mean, look, you drafted Caden Stearns, obviously because you thought at some point he could be a starter and he showed some great flashes last year, but do you want to hang your hat on that? If you could sign the honey badger for a, respectable contract without paying through the nose dude i would be all about that because even though he's been a chief now for too long he's easy to hate when he's not on your team but when he's on your team he's like a keep to leave where you're like thank god this dude is on our team yeah i've always been a big fan of his and uh, real quick plug alert i had an article go up at the website where i named five high profile guys the broncos should splurge on uh, when the signing period begins march 16th I was going to put Matthew on there, but I took off uh, Matthew for, I think it was uh, Chandler Jones. I like the idea. I love the veteran versatility. I love the fact he can play in the box. He can play in coverage. He can be an issue for a longstanding or a solution for a longstanding issue the Broncos have had. That's covering tight ends, covering the flats, covering the seams. He can be that guy. But is it worth it spending that money at a non-premium position when you have two young guys waiting in the wings? I mean, it depends how you feel about Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson. I'm big fans of both. And I'm always for the younger player getting the opportunity. If it's his time to shine, it's his time to shine. You saw a veteran in Kareem Jackson opposite Simmons last year. Do they need a veteran like Matthew starting opposite Simmons? I don't know they need that, but that's why they call it a luxury. Big T again, Alex Smith went through coaches, coordinators, was able to salvage his career. Yeah, but you know what he had that Drew Locke didn't? Number one overall pick draft pedigree. And look, the Niners hung on much longer than most teams do and have since then on a <clears throat> you know first-round pick that doesn't pay dividends within a three- to five-year window because he was an 05, and, and he didn't actually start showing – Till Harbaugh got there in 11, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Seventh year is when he, I mean, it's not like he did absolutely nothing, but in terms of the Alex Smith he became, you didn't see him even scratch that surface till Harbaugh got there. But Zach, that's the big difference. Pet, draft pedigree. It's harder to convince yourself to move past a first round pick, let alone the number one overall pick, especially if you harbor any kind of doubt the right coach could unlock something in that guy. But I see what you're trying to say, and I do agree with the general sentiment. But Alex Smith, Zach, was also lucky enough that the team just kind of never had better options. Like, And they didn't really ever push hard enough to secure better options so that when Harbaugh came in, like 
He's like, okay, this is the hand I'm dealt. Let's go, Alex Smith, and the rest is history. Well, I mean, just first of all, comparing Locke and Smith as apples and oranges because they're two different quarterbacks completely. But you see he went through coaches, but Harbaugh, then he had Andy Reid. He had really good coaches, and they were so much leaps and bounds better than what Drew Locke has had with Pat Shermer and even Scangarello for that matter. And Alex Smith also, for the duration of his career, even in Washington, he had coaches that stood by him and gave him opportunities no matter what. The turnover, the lack of a play, the lack of a win, his coaches never gave up on him. His coaches never brought in Teddy Bridgewater to replace Alex Smith. They brought in Patrick Mahomes to replace Alex Smith. And if the Broncos want to do that with Locke, so be it. But, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing about Locke is he hasn't had a coaching staff that's shown him the faith, that's shown him the trust. Like, listen, Drew, we're going to believe in you fully. We're going to buy into what you can do. We're going to stick with you through the thick and thin, and we're going to surround you, not just with the weapons you need on the field, but the coaches you need off of it. They checked the first box there. They missed the second box completely. So get this. Alex Smith was famous for being the quarterback who had literally a different system every year through his first six seasons in the NFL. It was either five or six. I think it was all six before Harbaugh got there. But Zach, Year one as the number one overall pick, one touchdown to 11 interceptions, two and five record as a starter. Year two, 16 tutties to 16 picks and a seven and nine record. Year three, two touchdowns, four interceptions, uh, only seven starts though. Then he went two and five. Then he missed all of 08 with an injured shoulder. Then 09, 18 tutties, 12 picks, five and five record. 2010, 14 tutties uh, to 10 picks, went three and seven. And then Harbaugh gets there. And up, up to this point in his career, the closest he even got to 3,000 yards, Zach, was his second year. He got to 2890. Harbaugh gets there in 11. All of a sudden, his completion percentage soars north of 60. He passes for 3,144 yards, 17 touchdowns, five picks only. And then, the you know, the rest is history for Alex Smith. So, you know, who knows? Maybe there's something there that you could, you could, I kind of like the idea a little bit comparing him to Drew Locke. Are they different quarterbacks? Yes. But one thing very similar that they have just as pure physical um, comparisons, they're both very good athletes. What Alex Smith did at Utah, I mean, he was more of a runner than he was a passer, which was always one of the reasons I was surprised to see him get drafted as highly as he did. Yeah, but the thing is like, until Harbaugh got there, he was treading water. I mean, yeah. you're talking about a one-to-one TD interception ratio. If that was Locke, they would have ran him out of town. I mean, no the doubt. fan base and the coaches and the media for that matter. So, Especially that, if he was a second-round pick. Right, and that's the thing when I'm talking about having the trust and the faith and the belief of the coaching staff. Locke has never had that, and Alex Smith had that throughout his career. That's, that's the major glaring contrast between the two. G. Hill jumping in with a – Another top rope super chat. We just wow. been tonight blessed. G, thank you, my friend. Thank says, you. Hey, Chad and Zach, if you went in the draft, who are you taking at nine or do you trade back? Do you have a guy that you are just like loving at nine, Zach? I don't think there's anyone in the top 10 that like I'm locked into that I have to take no matter what. Even if Willis climbs up the board, I don't know. I mean, depends how the board looks at nine, who's on there, who's not on there, what edge guys are there, what quarterbacks are there. My first instinct, if you're not a billion percent in love with Pickett or Willis or et cetera, et cetera, I'm trading back. It's such a... um not, I don't want to say bottom-heavy class, but like there's so much depth in the middle round, second, third, fourth round. You can find starters not in the first round. So my first instinct is to trade back a few spots, pick up another second-round pick. Then you have three. Then you can trade up back into the first round if you want. You can you can do a lot of things, and I think Peyton's going to be very aggressive. To answer your question specifically, if there's a guy that Peyton loves, if it's Malik Willis, for example, I'm staying put at nine, taking that guy. But if he's not there, if you're not sold, I'm trying to move back. I'd be okay with uh, a Devin Lloyd at nine. I don't have anyone I have my heart set on. So it would depend to answer your question. It would really depend on how the board fell. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, I would be very intrigued at nine. Broncos need edge help. You know, it's probably very unlikely, especially in this class, that an Evan Neal falls that far. But you never know. It depends on how the whole quarterback question really ends up resolving and how 
actual NFL teams view this quarterback class um, that'll determine that. Zachary Peterson, thank you, buddy. Will Caden Stearns take over for Kareem Jackson and be a difference maker? I think he can. Will he? Mm, that's a good question. I think the Broncos are going to go sign a veteran there and kind of say, hey, go compete, Caden, and if you win, you win, but I think they're going to hedge there. Now, whether they go spend on like a bigger-named veteran safety like a Honey Badger, maybe not, but I think they'll go hedge just in case. And I like Caden Stearns. His upside, year two, starter full-time, might be a little too early, but at the same time, I mean, he had a couple of faux pas as a rookie, but he was by and large much more of an impact player than he was any kind of a rookie liability out there. And guys, don't forget, Evero is was the former secondary coach in LA. So this is his bread and butter working with the secondary guys, obviously. That you're talking about Caden Stearns, you're talking about Jamar Johnson. I think they can honestly platoon that spot opposite Simmons. Sometimes we'll see Stearns, sometimes we'll see Johnson. Maybe, like you said, they'll bring a veteran aboard or draft another guy. Um, Kareem was better against the run in the box and as that enforcer, but in coverage, he was badly exposed. And every time I saw Stearns on the field, he was so much better in coverage than Kareem Jackson. He was actually around the ball. He was actually forcing pass breakups. So I'm a big Caden Stearns guy. I think they have the future pretty much set there, but if they want to supplement that, I'm okay with it too. It's good to see you, Duke Rose. Right back at you. Hope you've been well. We have missed you in the chat, my friend. Uh, Nash 5. I'm just going to say Nash 5 because I want to, right? Even if it took a year or two to develop Malik Willis, I think he has the potential to be a game-changing quarterback for the Broncos. I agree that he has that potential. But, uh, you know, in a situation, and also, Jeremy, thank you, bro. Thank you. Appreciate that. Very, very generous super, my friend. Why are you dreading tomorrow, by the way? Um, but I don't doubt that Malik Wills, uh, Willis, Zach, probably has the most um, upside long-term of any quarterback in this class, but he also has some pretty considerable bust potential just because he is still so raw. And, you know, you got to look at level of competition, concerns at Liberty and all that stuff. But uh, I like him. I would not like gnash my teeth, Zach, if the Broncos, I'd have some misgivings, but if the Broncos drafted Malik Willis at pick nine, I would not be gnashing my teeth and rallying the troops to, hey, grab your pitchforks. We're marching on Dove Valley. I'd have some doubts, but I would also have some excitement because he is a very talented young quarterback. But he's not sitting for two years, okay? Maybe one year, but not two. They don't have a viable veteran starter to make room or time for Malik Willis. They want to play him probably 2023 if they draft him. Maybe get by with Locke or whoever else they want to start a quarterback. He's raw, Willis is, but... Again, if you're patient, if you devote resources to him, and also if Hackett's worth his salt, I'm banking on the fact that he is, but we don't know yet. No game has been played in Denver with him as head coach. So if he's the coach that we think he is, he will be able to make every quarterback better and pair that with Willis's natural talents, God-gifted ability. The next, I think Deshaun uh, Watson was a great example that you had, Chad. The next Deshaun Watson in Denver, if you give him the opportunity, if you plant a little seed, Give it water, give it sunlight, but give it time. It'll become a beautiful flower. Uh, here we have a question from Phil wanting to know about the Austrian-born Bernhard Raymond of, uh, is it Central Michigan? I think one of the Michigan schools. He says, I think he has crazy talent. I don't know that much about him, to be honest with you. So I don't want to steer you wrong, but um, I know he's tall. He's like 6'7", and uh, – We'll see. We'll see how he does at the combine, but there hasn't been that much success for foreign-born. You know, not to be sound like I'm anti-foreign Australians. Uh, oh wait, Scott's got some uh, scratch and sniff for us here. Let's have a look. Handled him. Handled him. All right, this is from the Senior Bowl. We're looking at highlights here of Raymond going one on one, and he's pretty much shutting dudes down. Keep her going for a second here, Scott. A little spin move inside. Nope, shut down. What a, that, that move would have still pushed the quarterback off his point, but he wouldn't have got to the queue. Here we go in a 11-on-11, in a 11 11, playing left tackle. All right. Kind of fake like he's going to run block and then goes into a pass set. That was cool. He looks like an athlete too, 
He looks like he's a nice athlete. Looks strong. Let's see this one. Not run blocking. Sealed him off. Yeah, did a good job. I just feel like the way his hand placement is, he's going to get called for holding a lot at the next level. He has to clean that up a little bit, but the size there is evident. Once boom, he gets boom. his hands on you, it's pretty strong. Yeah, he's he's intriguing. We'll keep an eye on him, big dog. We'll keep an eye on him. But, guys, we are uh, about out of time, so we got a rapid fire from here. Alfonso, what's going on, big dog? Thank you. He says, hey, guys, love your show. I tune in every morning and evening to the MHH show. Thank so you. Keep up the great work. You're a prince. Thank you, Alfonso. Um, and then T twice. Haven't really seen much of Jamar Johnson, but Caden Stearns, definitely solid. Yeah. I mean, Zach and I were actually more excited about Johnson as a prospect yeah. when the Broncos drafted him than Stearns, but he had a lot of bad luck injury and uh, virus wise uh, at the worst possible time for him but as far as winning jobs in camp and making team he made the team but still uh dave from georgia good to see you bro legendary mount rushmore superstar saying if stingley is there at nine do you take him zach oh man i i, I really do like uh stingley i think he's cornerback one uh in cornerback this class. from lsu guys for those of you who aren't sure um, i just don't know i mean if you need an edge you need a right tackle a quarterback do you take a corner when you invested the number nine no. pick last year, when no. you invested $10 million a year in Ronald Darby, when you still have a third that you invested in Michael Ojemudia? I do. They need to replace Fuller and Bryce Callahan. They need a slot guy, but that guy doesn't have to be number nine. So one of those things where great player, but not really viable for what the Broncos need this time around. And this is what I mean, guys. These are the same type of rationales that teams have. It's not always BPA. It's BPA at the positions that are either need positions or at the positions that make sense. And when you have massive dearth at quarterback, massive dearth at offensive tackle, massive dearth at uh, off-ball linebacker, edge, you know, th three of those positions I just listed are the championship building block positions, and you're going to go corner in the first round back-to-back -back years without a quarterback. Now, look, if you sign one, if you got an Aaron Rodgers, for example, in a trade, you could sell that to a fan base. But I don't think you could. I think it's going to – I think that's one of the – who knows? Maybe George Payton will make me eat my words here. But I think corner at nine or corner in round one, unless it's just a phenomenal guy that, like, they traded back and he dropped, right. um, is, like, one of the few positions I feel pretty confident in telling you ain't going to happen for the Broncos at pick nine. I would, I would honestly go Hamilton if you want to take a, a secondary guy. If I would go Hamilton over Stingley or any He's other there. cornerback, that's the guy. That's the playmaker. Dave, appreciate you, my friend. Really, really do. And, guys, with that, we got to uh, dip on out of here. Zach, if you want to go through the rundown, I'll pull up our shout-outs for tonight. This was a very blessed and positive-vibed Huddle Up podcast. Follow us on Twitter until we see you guys next, which is tomorrow evening, same time, same place. Follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, breakdowns, and more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you want a beautiful hat like Chad's wearing or a football pre-shirt like we showed off earlier, go to huddleuppod.com. That's our merch store. Get yourself one right now, hot off the presses. And also facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page, follow that page. Guys, please, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a hat, could be a beanie, could be anything each and every month. But if you can't do those things, we get it. We understand. Just do these three things. Takes a few seconds. Helps out the channel like you wouldn't believe. Subscribe to this video, like this video, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It helps us grow, Chad, and reach more Broncos fans just like y'all. Yes, it does. And guys, again, it's my fault we didn't do the drawing tonight. I thought I would be well out of this uh, dentist appointment in time to make sure I got that done for you. Uh, but they got me in late, and then it took longer than I expected. So we will do it tomorrow night. Let not your hearts be troubled. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook. Michael Ronquillo throwing down at the top again tonight. Thank you, buddy. Uh, T Twice, Travis Tarbox, Andrew Baker, Big T Travis Weber, Phil McLaughlin, DeAngelis Jones, Chris the Legend Hernandez, Rodney Garcia. Love and appreciate each and every one of you. 
And then our Super Chat superstars tonight, starting with the Duchess herself, Michaela. Uh, and then we move on to, oh, it just did a jump on me. Uh, the Brainstorm, Faded Wolf, uh, Nash 5, JJ, Kobe Ray, Dale, another legend, Edward, another legend, Mark the God King, Duke Rose, who we've missed, Zachary Peterson, uh, Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight 232, Alfonso, G. Hill, Dave from Georgia. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. And as Zach mentioned, we'll see you tomorrow night. Can't wait. We'll do the drawings. It's going to be a gas. Thanks for joining us tonight. Take care. And as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.